The Orlando Magic are back to playing defense, at least for one night. How the Magic shut down the Phoenix Suns, and why Jonathan Isaac's making a huge impact on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Magic Day is January 29th, 2024. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore ond. On today's episode of Lockdown Magic, the Orlando Magic get their defensive identity back. It's another Sunday, so it's time for that to happen again. How the Magic shut down the Phoenix Suns in the fourth quarter, plus Jonathan Isaac's impact as his minutes continue to ramp up. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Uh, let's start here. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are a really good offensive team. Uh, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, you don't really need to say much more. This is a team that has a ton of firepower. And and as was shown throughout much of this game, even if you're playing good defense, the Suns have the players to beat that, have the the team to figure that out. Devin Booker scored 44 points, shot 17 for 26, uh, only took two three-pointers, was 9 for 11 from the foul line, the Magic had a lot of defensive issues holding him down. And, and even Kevin Durant, even though he didn't shoot a ton, 15 points on 7 for 12 shooting, it really felt like Phoenix understood that as long as they didn't turn the ball over, they could get shots. They might be tough shots, but they're shots that this team can make. And Orlando, frankly, was scrambling to find the right defensive coverage to make Phoenix work more than they otherwise had to, to make Phoenix work. That was as much what was at play uh, in this game. Uh, Again, you're facing a really good offensive team, and they're going to leave some doors open for you. They got their own issues. They're not a perfect team by any stretch. Um, But they are a team that gives you very little margin for error where you have to keep up with them until your defense can figure it out, and then they're going to adjust and and all that. So what the Magic did in the fourth quarter of this game was astounding. The Suns scored only 13 points in the fourth quarter. Devin Booker had 44 in the game. He only had two in the fourth quarter, both from the foul line. In fact, the Magic held the Suns without a field goal for more than eight minutes, from the 10-10 mark until about 150 left, they held the Suns to just two points from for about five and a half minutes, from the 650 mark until that 150 mark. This was a defensive masterclass. And as Jamal Mosley said after the game, he was proud of the way the Magic played defensively. He has not probably he has not seen a team defend at this kind of a level 
at least in a very long time. Certainly not this group. One of their best defensive quarters of the season. And that obviously fed their offense, gave their offense some life, got them out in transition, got them out scoring buckets. It turned a three-point deficit into a 14-point lead or 16-point lead. And, and Phoenix ultimately had to take their best players out. Phoenix, at the end of the day, scored only six points in the final 10 minutes and 10 seconds of this game. And really, it wasn't that much because there were some, some points at the very, very end of the game. This was, again, a defensive masterclass. So how did the Magic do this? How did the Magic pull off this kind of defensive performance? First, it's their length and their size. Like Frank Vogel said after the game, there are not many teams with the versatility and size that the Magic have. It, 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 you know, Say what you want about the Magic, and, and there's a lot to say. We've said a lot about it already on the show. We'll say more about it as we get closer to the trade deadline, as we get to the offseason. This team knows exactly what it wants to be. It wants to be a switching, versatile, defensive team that smothers you with size. That's important to them. That is important to who they are because it allows them to switch and to scramble and to close down gaps and to block shots and to get deflections and get steals. It is at the heart of who this team is. And so when the Magic roll out a closing lineup of Markel Fultz, Franz Wagner, Jonathan Isaac, Paolo Bancaro, and Wendell Carter, you'll notice Jalen Suggs not in that group, at least tonight. You know, only played, he still played 32 minutes and did not feel like he played that much. Um, um, didn't play in the fourth quarter, I don't think. When you have the ability to roll that kind of defense out and then Anthony Black playing good chunk minutes, it makes it a challenge. And when they're all on the same page and when they're all kind of pulling and scrambling together, it makes it even a bigger challenge. It makes it a bigger deal. And so the Magic, frankly, this was an extreme end of it. Again, you don't expect teams to shoot as poorly as Phoenix did in that fourth quarter as much as Orlando had a big hand in that. Um, this came down to Orlando getting back to the core of their defensive principles. They don't let people score in the paint. Phoenix had 40 points in the paint for the game. They force turnovers, 23 turnovers for 21 points. They scramble, they deflect, they get into you. They get out and transition off those, off those turnovers and off those mistakes. 15 fast break points in this game. The Magic got back to who they are defensively. And it's a team, like they did against Miami last Sunday, it's a team that is unrelenting with its pressure, unrelenting with its energy, and just sort of chokes you out. Look, Devin Booker had an incredible game, 44 points, but everyone in the Kia Center was shaking their heads at the shots he was making. He was taking shots over two guys, over outstretched arms, over fadeaways, all these things. And, and frankly, I thought the Magic did a generally good job. He got he got past, uh, past some traps a few times. He got downhill a little bit too much. But the Magic largely forced him into long twos and difficult shots. And when he did get downhill, and yeah, they might have fouled him a few too many times, they put him on the ground. The, like, the way you play is you play physical. And this Magic team was physical. That's who they are. That's what they loved. At, at the end of the day, that's who they have to be. And, and, and what they have to embrace and love. 
Is this physicality? Is this, is this style? And so the Magic got back to this defensive pressure identity. They got back to putting pressure on the ball. The, the Magic had several steals where they got the steal in the backcourt off of a pass, off of a deflection, off of just a player not ready to face pressure. Jalen Suggs forced an eight-second violation on Devin Booker with Jamal Mosley probably in a lower defensive stance than, than Suggs was on the play. Just great recognition for Mosley to call Suggs like, hey, get up on him. Clock's running, running down to, to just steal an extra possession. The Magic had Phoenix might have been scoring, and look, they had 37 in the first quarter. It looked like it was going to be a long night. Phoenix might have been scoring a little bit, but Orlando had them on their back heels. And that's who this team is. We've seen this team struggle for the last month. Not going to deny it. And everyone's kind of wondered, is the defense a little bit of the problem? And the numbers would say, yeah, there's some slippage, but it's not the defense. It's, it's the offense. The offense has been really bad. But the Magic hadn't played like this in a while. This is how the Magic played in November. This is the style of defense they used in November to just jump on teams. To make teams know they were there. And that's, it's hard to do that every night. That's one of the issues the Magic do face. But they got into Phoenix. They bugged the heck out of Phoenix. And eventually, frankly, they wore them down. Eventually, the Magic just, I don't want to say beat Phoenix into submission. That, that doesn't quite hit it. But Phoenix got tired. And Phoenix couldn't last 48 minutes with a Magic team that was willing to commit defensively the way that they did on Sunday night. This is the way the Magic have to play defense. It is central to everything they do. They're not going to get this result, obviously, quite like this. But we can see clearly when the Magic do defend, A, no one can score on them. And B, it'll help them get enough offense and enough energy to beat some very, very good teams. One player, though, who's made a huge impact on this defense is Jonathan Isaac. The milestone that he's hit over the last two games and why that impact is so acutely felt. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word for our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With more than 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay, Motor, eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Today's episode of Locked on Magic is also brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. 
The big game is finally here. It's finally here. And America's number one sportsbook is your way to get in on the action as the Kansas City Chiefs take on the San Francisco 49ers. If you're like me, the big game is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I saw the line was out already, and we're due for a good game if that line is correct. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. So not only can you bet on who's going to win the big game, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if you're for if your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day for your next listen. Go check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel today. Undoubtedly, if you're looking for... An impact player on defense, someone who just makes a a huge de- huge difference and a huge deal for this Magic team. Look no further than Jonathan Isaac. In fact, he had the play of the game, and, and frankly, just one of the most insane sequences I have ever seen defensively. Um, in the fourth quarter, he had a play where he switched on to Devin Booker. Booker tried to attack him, got a short little jumper, kind of knocked Isaac off balance, but Isaac still blocked the shot. Ball fell right down to Yudoka Azabuki. And as Isaac was seemingly falling, falling back, you know, just kind of knocked off balance by Booker's contact, he rose up and blocked Azabuki's dunk. Just, just an unreal defensive play. And, and frankly, that's the kind of play that he was making back in 2019 and 2020. That's the kind of defensive play that made him a defensive player of the year candidate back in tw- back for the 2020 season before the knee injury uh, ended his year year before the bubble. Um, it's been a long time since we've seen this Jonathan Isaac and, and the kind of plays that he can make. In all, on Sunday night, two you know three for seven shooting, one for two from three, two for four from the foul line, three rebounds. Uh, Two blocks, nine points, plus 17. Those stats aren't going to tell you his defensive impact. At least entering Sunday's game, and I imagine it improved here, because improved here, Isaac was one of the most impactful defensive players on the floor. Entering Sunday's game, the Magic have a 100.5 defensive rating with Isaac on the floor. That's the best mark among regular rotation players. The Magic are at about 111 for the season. The Magic have a plus 11.9 net rating, which is also the best mark among rotation players. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Magic should be starting Jonathan Isaac. 
I don't think that's the case. But for whatever limited minutes he's playing, he makes a very real impact on the floor. And these numbers just suggest it, but just look at the tape. You know, you don't need me to give you numbers to tell you how good Jonathan Isaac is and what an impact he can make defensively. Just watch what he did to Jaron Jackson Jr. at the end of Friday's game. Watch what he did throughout this game against the Suns when he was switched on to Devin Booker, when he was playing Kevin Durant. He is a handful defensively. And as Mo Wagner put it, knowing that Jonathan Isaac is behind you in the paint allows you to increase your pressure because you know you have an elite rim protector behind you. Again, the, the numbers tell you a lot about Jonathan Isaac, but just watching him play lets you know everything you need to know. It's been a while to get Isaac up to this point. He played more than 20 minutes in Friday's game against Memphis, marking the first time he eclipsed that 20-minute mark since before his original knee injury back in 2020. It was actually December 2019, the game before, obviously the game before because he was starting, but the game before he suffered the knee injury against the Washington Wizards on January 1st, 2020, that was the last time Isaac played 20-plus minutes in a game. Isaac ended up playing 22-56 in this game and ended up closing the game, just like he did Friday. His defensive impact is so great that the Magic couldn't get, get him off the floor. There's just no way. And he was scoring, obviously, enough and impacting shots around the basket enough to be comfortable offensively, especially with the Magic building their lead. It's been a long journey, to say the least, to get Isaac just to this point. It's been a long journey. And Isaac, at least in his mind, is playing Monday. I have not checked the uh, the Magic or, uh, as I'm recording this on their flight to Dallas. It's been, as, as Isaac said, it's been a minute since he's played a back-to-back. He believes he's playing on Monday, and frankly, I have no reason not to think so. The Magic continue to kind of push him and see where he can go. And, and again, I think I think it'll ultimately depend on how he feels in the morning. But I would bet Isaac's probable to play uh, on Monday. This is a big step, obviously. If there's been one thing Magic fans have been critical of, it's critical of this team and organization as a whole. It's been the lack of transparency is not quite the word, but the lack of transparency, the lack of openness about where players stand injury-wise, the kind of maybe fear of letting guys go and kind of test themselves um, with injuries uh, as they return from injuries. This kind of slow pace everyone comes back from injuries with. No one's been slower than Jonathan Isaac, and for good and bad reasons. Um, you know, he's had a lot to deal with. He's had a lot of injuries he's had to fight through. But this is what Isaac is good at. This is what Isaac can do. And this is what Isaac brings. He is one of the best defensive players in the league. And everyone on the team knows when he is on the floor, the Magic are already and immediately more difficult to score on. That whoever Isaac is defending is going to get locked up. That's crazy to say considering all the time Isaac's missed and, and the injuries he's had to deal with. But you can see it all. You can see just how those defensive instincts play out. And the Magic have a hard time keeping him off the floor. They want to play him more. Trust me. I'm sure it kills Jamal Mosley or killed Jamal Mosley when Isaac was under a minute restriction to take him out when he had to take him out. Because that guy makes winning plays. 
And if you want to know why the Magic were able to defend the way that they defended in this game, why they were able to shut down one of the best offensive teams in the league in the Phoenix Suns, why they were able to force so many turnovers and create so much disruption, Jonathan Isaac is a big, big, big part of it. And it feels like he is starting to get himself really back into playing and game shape and rounding himself into major form to make a huge role, make a huge impact here as we get to the playoff chase. We'll go through the final box score, talk about individual performances beyond Jonathan Isaac. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word for our friends over at quiz.com. This episode of Locked on Magic is brought to you by Quiz. Today, We're going to have some fun and test your Orlando magic knowledge. They're going to have to ask me for some of these questions, but here's today's question. Which player holds the record for most points scored in a single game for the Orlando magic? Is it Shaquille O'Neal? Is it Penny Hardaway? Is it Tracy McGrady? Is it Dwight Howard? You can answer questions like this and plenty more over at quiz.com. That's quiz. With three eyes, it's the next generation trivia experience. It's also the first platform where you can earn money playing knowledge games. And for Locked On Magic fans, they've created an NBA quiz game where you can test your knowledge and win real cash. I know I love playing NBA quizzes. I love uh, some of those games that are o- that are online that really test your NBA knowledge. I play some. I play you know whether it's crossover grids or or, or Sporkle or whatever it is. I enjoy playing quiz games, and this is a chance to win money doing it. I'm all in. Play with friends or other fans and let your knowledge shine all the way to the bank. You can play without downloading anything, too. Just go to app.quiz, that's quiz, Q-U-I-I-I, three I's, Z.com, and start playing today. NBA Quiz is the ultimate knowledge challenge for fans that live and breathe basketball. So, What is the answer to the question? Well, of course, the answer to the question is Tracy McGrady, who scored 62 points against the Washington Wizards. So go to app.quiz.com to test your knowledge and win cash today. That's quiz with three eyes, just like a three-pointer. Play now, showcase your skills, and take home cash prizes. That's app.quiz.com, where fans become champions. Okay, let's go through the final box scores. The Orlando Magic defeat the Phoenix Suns 113-98. to I think that's the first time I mentioned that. I apologize for that, burying the lead a little bit. Like I said, just this was a defensive masterclass. Overall, the Magic gave up only 100 points per 100 possessions. A point per possession is crazy good. It was actually like a 59 defensive rating in the fourth quarter. Phoenix was averaging, I believe, 117, 117 points per 100 possessions. So this was, to hold this Phoenix team under 100 points, I'm betting that has not happened very much this year. And I know Phoenix is a little bit of a mess. You know, you, you watched him play. A, Bradley Beal was struggling with the mask. You could very clearly see, uh, honestly, like I was watching him in warmups. He was not moving at full speed. You could clearly see him just kind of trying to figure out his sight line, figure out the mask a little bit. Um, 
So I was actually a bit surprised that he did end up playing um, just because that, that just he just didn't look comfortable, and that, that proved to be the case during the game. Uh, Bradley Beal finished four for 13, nine points. He ended up actually ditching the mask during the game, which is really dangerous considering he has a, no, a broken nose right now um, or a nasal fracture, I think is what it's called. Um, but look, Orlando, as much as as much as we want to talk about how much Phoenix struggle and some of the issues Phoenix has, Orlando took it to them. And I think you got to give that this team a lot of credit. Um, first off, I don't know what happened there. Um, first off, I, I got to give this team a lot of credit because A, we know how much this team is struggling right now. Uh, we know that, you know, they haven't been able to get right. They needed a game where things just kind of crystallize. And they could build some momentum and build some confidence. That's, that, that's really what it's about right now. Building some confidence, kind of getting that swagger back. Uh, and Phoenix, frankly, early on in the game, was not going to let them do that. Like Devin Booker was making tough shots. You know, I'm not going to sit here. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say the Magic were perfect defensively. They they had a lot of problems. They have a lot of communication issues. Their pick and roll coverage was not sharp early in the game. Uh, but you know, it really looked rough. Um, and then Devin Booker started hitting some tough shots. Kevin Durant started hitting some tough shots. That is a clear space where the team could splinter a little bit. Uh, and, and I think you know, I had some concerns that the team was going to not not the team was going to fall apart or anything like that but i had concerns that okay that, that that's a rocky place for this team to be that is not a good spot for this team to be then though the magic just kept at it they just kept grinding and 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 they just became a you know they just became a, a team that was just difficult to crack and a lot of credit goes to how the magic played defensively but we got to give some credit offensively you know Paolo Bancaro i'm sure had every reason to think like, hey, I've got to be the one to step up and match Devin Booker, match Kevin Durant. Um, and he did in some ways. But, you know, to score 44 points, that's really hard to do. That is not, you know, it's despite how many players are making it look easy, it is not easy to do. Um, Paolo Bancaro did a really good job. 26 points, 9 for 18, shooting 2 for 5 from 3, 6 for 9 from the foul line, 4 rebounds, 7 assists. Um, just, you know, I thought he played really patient. Phoenix did eventually start bringing some double teams. I thought he did a good job absorbing that pressure, making smart passes, making aggressive passes to find open players, to uh, spin away and get away from the pressure. He's gotten really, really good at that. Um, and, and again, like maybe sometimes he tries a little too hard. Maybe sometimes he's a little too deliberate, but this was a great game. He was able to get some rhythm. There's a few key check shots that I didn't like where he's trying to go shot for shot with Devin and Devin and KD, but um, but overall, I, I really loved how Paolo played. I really loved how how he kind of found his place and found his groove throughout the course of the game. That was, that was really, really nice the way that the way that he took care of his business there. Um, Markel Fultz, really good game. Probably his best. What you know, the New York game was really good, but this was a really strong game for him. 14 points, 7 for 10 shooting, four assists, five steals. Um, he did a great job, you know. He hit a shot early. He hit his mid-range jumper early. You know, he was hitting his mid-range jumpers, not looking to shoot threes yet. Um, that's both good and bad. You know, I don't think he's comfortable shooting them quite yet, but hitting those two jumpers early got him really going. He did a great job kind of squeezing himself around the basket in the way that only he can. Was really good defensively. Um, he's guarding Grayson Allen, so he's allowed to kind of roam a little bit. Just getting getting into getting into guys, you know, helping this team stay organized. This is a really nice game for Marco Fultz. And again, like there are struggles here. 
I'm not going to pretend Marco Fultz is, is perfect quite yet. Um, but this was a really nice game. And again, just, just a guy that gave this team a huge lift. Franz Wagner had 11 points, only shot three for 11, two for seven from three, eight rebounds, seven assists though. So he was able to contribute in other ways, keep the ball moving. Again, I think he's frustrated. The shots didn't go down. He's been shooting the ball pretty well since he came back, um, at least from beyond the arc. Um, so, you know, got you, ha- you have to stay confident. You have to keep shooting when you can shoot them. Magic were 12 for 36 from three, which, you know, is better than it was Friday. Probably still not good enough. But again, Phoenix only shot four for 14. Orlando was kind of scared of the Suns' three-point shooting, and I think that was a detriment early in the game, actually. Um, but Orlando did a good job tightening up the paint, but still defending the three-point line. And, and again, Phoenix missed some open threes. Bradley Beal uh, was 0 for 5 on threes. That's not going to happen very often. Um, and so, you know, we're normally taking 14 threes. If you have a guy who's 0 for 5, that's, you know, five of the team's 10 misses. Um, that, that was a big factor in this game. So, you know, again, I, you take you take everything with the grains of salt. You obviously play the game in front of you. The Magic won this game, um, but definitely still some things to clean up uh, for the team, despite how well they played defensively. Phoenix shot 56.2% from the floor, by the way. So they, they made some shots. Um, they just couldn't make any shots in the fourth quarter. They turned the ball over a ton. Uh, 23 turnovers in total, uh, which is really what the Magic want to do. Um, but back to Franz. Franz, I th- thought, did a good job. He's still kind of getting into the swing of things. I don't think the Magic have completely turned him loose yet, although he's playing 30 minutes. Um, you know, he's still finding his ways to be aggressive. And so I think we won't see Franz really back until he's kind of Euro stepping through the lane the way that he does. Uh, Wendell Carter with nine points, four for eight shooting, played only 23-19. Uh, we'll get to why he didn't play a ton here in a minute. Um, Jalen Suggs, 10 points, four for 11, shooting two for eight from three, five assists, uh, two steals, a little bit of a struggle for him. But, you know, he had the duty to guard Devin Booker. Honestly, like, yeah, Booker scored a lot. I thought Booker had to work really hard. And I think all that work, all that grind, all that, all of that paid off in the fourth quarter when Booker couldn't hit a shot. Um, I, I think the Magic, the Magic played a long game with this. And I think they did a really, really good job uh, just, just wearing him out and getting him to a point where he was where he was just not able to kind of push through to the end. And, 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 the, and Phoenix was so heliocentric that I think that wore them out, that, that, that kind of wore them out at the end. And again, Orlando played great defense. It wasn't just that Devin Booker was tired. Um, he's not going to use that as, as an excuse, but I think the Magic did a good job wearing him out. And I think Jalen Suggs deserves a lot of credit for, for that, even if he didn't reap the rewards in the fourth quarter. Um, Mo Wagner off the bench. He said he had the worst shooting game of his season. He's probably not wrong but he still made a huge impact in this game. 16 points, 12 rebounds, five offensive rebounds, big factor in this game. Orlando scored 22 second chance points off 11 offensive rebounds. Again, that's a way the Magic make up for their poor shooting, for their lack of three-point shooting. They get second chance points. They get points in the paint. That's the kind of stuff that's been lacking in January. So if this game felt like November, it's because it did. They got turnovers. They got offensive rebounds. They got fast breaks. They got points in the paint. That's what they were doing in November. That's what they did again in this game, and it set them up. Uh, set them up to to be really to be in a really strong position overall. Again, Mo Wagner did not shoot the ball well, but got all those extra possessions for the Magic, and they converted on a lot of obviously to, to get the points that they had. Joe Ingles at six points on two three pointers. Cole Anthony only five points on two for five shooting. Jonathan Isaac, like I said, nine points and then four points for Anthony Black. He deserves some special mention with some great defense in the fourth quarter. To help the magic, uh, to help the magic kind of begin to pull away in this one, just a really great effort from AB. 
The Orlando Magic defeat the Phoenix Suns 113 to 98. They're back in action Monday to start a five game road trip in Dallas. A five game road trip. They're going Dallas, San Antonio, Minnesota, Detroit, Miami. Then it's the trade deadline, then a nice four game homestand before the All Star break. So, chance to, you know, a big, big road trip. I, I, I know I've talked about this before. This road trip might determine what the Magic end up doing at the trade deadline. This is sort of a last audition. The Magic are going to need another great effort like they had Sunday night to beat Dallas on Monday and to have a successful road trip. This this road trip coming up very well could define this season and, and what the Magic feel they need and need to do, at least for this season. I'm not I, I'm, I don't think we will draw bigger conclusions beyond that, but this 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 next week is gonna gonna cement what the Magic end up doing at the trade deadline one week from Thursday. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Switch your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the formation podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, check us out on YouTube as well at youtube.com slash at Locked on Magic or just search for Locked on Magic if you have not done so already. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Uh, you can also... Uh, check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub for more Orlando Magic content. And again, thank you all for the support. On our next episode of Locked on Magic, we will chat about the Magic's game against the Dallas Mavericks. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.